0: Hello there and welcome to the Wood Remarkables podcast series where we're celebrating our inspiring people and culture at Wood. My name is Lisa Barclay and today we are joined by Gail Milne, a project services and quality manager in our minerals and metals team. Gail is based in Perth, Western Australia and has been with Wood for almost two years. Welcome to the podcast Gail, we're delighted to have you talk with us today. Um, Can I just start off by giving you the floor to talk a little bit about yourself and delve a little bit into your history and what brought you to Wood.
1: Yeah, thanks Lisa. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on this. I'm quite excited to be part of a podcast. Um, i must admit the first one I've done. Um, so yeah, obviously I'm based in Perth, Western Australia. Originally from Aberdeen um, and I've been working in, I suppose, the oil and gas energy industry and uh, mining now uh, since I was... 17. Um, having been from Aberdeen, I was also very aware of Wood, um, but I actually worked for a company called Technip, um, which, which was Stena when I joined. Um, and yeah, so I've been lucky enough to, um, you know, find a job straight out of school. Um, I didn't go to university. Um, I had that company then uh, supported me through my accounting studies. Um and yeah, it sort of went from there and I've moved through uh, finance, various roles um, and then took me into, you knew the role I am in today is project services manager. Um, and I took on the quality manager role last August as well. Wow, so you've got a full,
0: a full uh, plate there with the different roles. So it's obviously yeah. refreshing to see perhaps a different route. You know, you didn't attend university, which may be seen as a traditional route so um yeah good on you for that it's quite a journey um you talked a little about um women I guess in the offshore industry and how it perhaps wasn't the norm when you were growing up um can you talk a little bit about that and your sort of
1: yeah journey there yeah so I mean for those from Aberdeen will know that it's the oil capital of Europe um but you know to be honest growing up for me um it was never really an option discussed about engineering, um, you know, as a, I suppose as a, a young girl, my mum my mom wasn't, mum my dad weren't in that industry, so it, I suppose it just never came up as an option and, um, you know, when I was doing my choices at school, it was, you know, out of that column, it was, you know, accounting or secretarial and my mum my basically said, you're not doing typing because, you know, you're not going to be a secretary. Um, so I took the finance route and um, it sort of went from there. And then I left school at the end of fifth year. Um, so this was um, a year before I could, you know, I could have finished yes. um, after feeling on my thighs um, miserably. And, you know, it was lucky enough at the time that there was a, a skill seekers program that basically find you a role with a company that would then support you through college, you know, part time um, college and, and that's sort of how I fell into accounting, I suppose. Um, and then, yeah, I was lucky enough that with that company, um, Senna at the time, yeah, you know, I had some really good female managers, um, that supported me through throughout that. Um, and you know, I mean, even, um, I remember um, we've talked recently about Piper Alpha, you know, I was 13 at the time and obviously in Aberdeen, that was a huge thing, um, and you know it was what 35 years ago now and but it was all the dads you know it was the dads that were offshore it was the dads that would work away um it was never really a a mum thing you know or a woman thing that you heard about women working offshore so I suppose that's you know the industry that I've come from yeah so it
0: it is probably refreshing to see the advances that are being made and quite a journey sort of moving that forward and yeah you You talked a little bit about, um, you know, obviously you have a family and juggling that and the fact that your husband now stays at home and that was a pivotal moment to allow you to progress your career. So that's obviously something that's worked well for your family.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's important nowadays as well is that you need to work what works for you, you know, so there's no right or wrong who stays at home or if MD stays at home even. I mean, I had my first child um back in 96 you know I was actually just 21 when I had my son and um you know I'd be married for two years it was planned and we both worked full time and then when the second child was coming along um I knew I didn't want to stay at home because it's actually much harder staying at home than it yeah. is going out to work uh, and my husband got the opportunity to take um a redundancy and he worked in the oil industry as well and um I never actually thought he would cope being at home because again assumption that well it wasn't an assumption really in that he never changed when he now the first time round, um but yeah no he wanted to give it a go and you know he joined mother and toddlers and you know Brilliant. um he loved mm-hmm. it and i loved working so it just it worked well for us um Super. and it Yeah, I got the opportunity to travel a lot with work. I'm obviously detecting a a northeast of
0: Scotland accent, but you're now um, living in Australia, Western Australia, in Perth to be exact. So can you tell us a little bit about your transition from Scotland to Australia, Gail, and how that's worked out for you?
1: Yeah, and again, you know, a great opportunity I had working for an international company. Um, So it was something that I'd wanted to do for a while, um and i think something my husband thought never happened when until i told him (laughs) you know back up we're going and um so yeah i just um my kids were eight and eleven when we came to australia um so it was 2007 and i was lucky enough that you know my manager at the time um I, i basically got do you want houston or perth and i thought well I knew quite a few people had been to Houston, and nobody had really been to Perth, and you know, most remote city in the world. I couldn't get any further. Really, from the rest mm-hmm. of the family, so we gave that a go, and um, yeah, initially it was just for one year, and um, I managed to, yeah, sixteen years later, I'm st- I'm still here, and my kids, um, who are now twenty three and twenty seven, you know, as far as they're concerned, they're they're real Aussies, you know, and this is our
0: home now. That's fantastic. Um, It's great to be able to experience other cultures and if you're gaining those opportunities yeah. through work, I guess it's fantastic to embrace them. And, you know, we talked a lot about um, gender equality in business and I know that that's a subject that's quite close to your heart and I was curious about the differences, I guess, between the UK and Australia and the advances
1: being made in that area. Uh, yeah, so again... 2007 when I arrived here um, I had had I, you know I've had been lucky to have quite strong female leaders in, in previous um roles that I've done and when I came to Perth um, I was suddenly transported back at least 10 years you know 10-15 years and it was suddenly the in the boys club um, you know it was a mining town well it's known as a, a sort of mining town oil and gas, gas town and um I mean, on the mining side, I had no idea anything about mining coming from, you know, Aberdeen. And it was very much oil and gas for many years until I, um, and they're they're kept very separate here as well. So, you know, if you're in oil and gas, you don't, you know, you don't do mining, although that's changing a bit now. Um, But yeah, no, I think um, definitely it's, um, yeah, it's not as diverse as it could be. I mean, we're certainly making lots of, there's lots of changes now. Um, it's something that's been talked about for many years. Um, and there's more women in leadership. There's a lot of women in groups here in in Perth, especially. You know, we've got the women in finance, lawyers, oil and gas, mining, energy. Um, so there's a group for everyone. Yeah. Um. And we're all starting to collaborate a bit more as well, which is great.
0: Yeah. The cross collaboration across the different yeah. groups, learning from each other, that's really important. Um, yeah so I guess I'm curious to find out um, you've obviously got an HSE background accounting and then where you're now working in minerals and metals and yeah I guess it, how how does that sort of mesh together and how have you been able to you know transition between all three in in respect
1: yeah well I mean it's probably more than three as well so I've yeah I've been lucky that I yeah had very supportive managers that um I suppose allowed me to work cross functions. Um, you know, so when I was at TechNeap and I was sort of project accountant and then um was actually one of the the engineering VP said to me, you know, why do you want to be a CFO? And that was all I knew, you know, it was the finance route and that's where you go. And um he start, you know, he brought me into project management. Um so I actually moved out of finance and into managing um, a and a commissioning project, an offshore commissioning project, and I had no idea about commissioning, um, but you know, I had good engineering people around me um, and the project management side of it was everything but the technical engineering part, you know, it's the the people management, it's the quality, it's the HSE, it's um, resource management and, you know, all these other areas that, um, I yeah, suppose, put together yeah to manage a project and um as part of that qhsc in the hsc especially was very integral um in the projects or in the company that i was with but also across the clients um and it was something we talked about every day so i sort of took on on as a bit of a passion um to work and promote the hsc side of things um which then led me during covid funnily enough Um, managing an HSE, a QHSE consultancy for a friend that I'd stepped in to help for a couple of weeks and COVID hit and then I spent the next 10 months getting people back to Australia you know working with clients to um, manage all their COVID plans get them people working from home and then getting them back to work as well so yeah that was really interesting Um, and then post that uh, you know you sort of get to a point in your career as well where, you know, my kids are growing up and I've got a beautiful grandchild, which I'll shoot, I'll shoot talk about a little bit later. Um, and, you know, I just want to now give a bit back. You know, I want to give back to the young women that are coming up behind me um, or just even the youngsters coming at, you know, <laughs> I'm four, yeah. four to eight, but I feel like probably six to eight sometimes um, with the young ones coming in because I, I used to always be the young one. Now I'm not. Um, still young at and, heart I'm sure gear, definitely oh. yeah and you know I just yeah I like to give a bit back so I am um, having that diversity of the different roles you know I think cross diversity works as well for collaboration because you can support people in areas um that need supported at the time or provide some feedback um mm-hmm. and things like that so
0: yeah, so it's it's the skills transfer in a sense, regardless yeah. of the industry, that the skills are still valid and you can bring that to yeah. whichever industry.
1: Yeah, I used to call it the, the non-obvious moves. Yes, yes I understand. Yeah. yeah.
0: So a little bit more on minerals and metals specifically, that's obviously a key area that we're um, embarking on at Wood. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why it appeals to
1: you and where you see that going? Over the last couple of years... Um, I've been learning about rare, um, lithium, um, we've just recently, you know, we handed over trains one and two for Kemerton, which is a, a large lithium plant here in Perth that the team here did. And I think from a, a wood mining team here, you know, they're very excited that we're getting a lot of focus now. Um, you know, the, especially the energy and, uh, sort of renewables, um, industry as well you know it's it's all looking at the mining and how how we can support that going forward um so yeah no it is what it says in the box mining oil and gas I must admit not being an engineer it was a bit too technical for me but you know with mining, I think it's quite um you know they dig out the ground they stack it and they put it on a train and you know get it out of there so it's um I was lucky enough to get up on a mine site um, a, lot, wow. a couple of years ago as well which was quite interesting yeah um, I'm sure
0: it's to see the things in action and to be on the site and to experience you know yeah feel it and see it in action that must be really exciting so yeah no it's great it's great to hear that there's a uh, people like you on the team moving things forward for for Wood in that respect um, and just to kind of move a little bit on you, you talked a little bit before obviously about um, the different groups that are available for females and as we move forward I I understand that you're on um the ro- the board of um a charity is it a hundred women it's called what's yeah what drew you to that and and how do you support them
1: yeah so I suppose when I look when I was moving out of oil and gas I wanted to expand my network a bit and also as I said to give back so I started I do quite a bit of um mentoring with um young women um so I got involved in a few different volunteer roles and one of that led me to the charity 100 women so it's a giving circle um, and basically it's you know the members sort of paying a a, a monthly or annual fee to um, all build up and to give grants to charities that support women and girls so up into this is our 10th year of giving and um, we've given away a million dollars so far in the last nine years this year, we're actually looking uh, to hand out about two hundred fifty thousand dollars to about five charities, and those charities um, are based either in Australia or internationally, but they they have to have an Australian um, registration. And we do everything supporting education, health. Um, you know, there's some really interesting ones where we've um, Airbus in Australia actually just train nurses and uh, uh, like Indigenous people to look after their ears and they had something like 70% you know of these um, children and, and things who have ear infections and which impacts obviously their education. Um, and you know I think they've got it down to like 15% or something with issues. Um, but we also help women's health, um, you know, multicultural centers, um, a lot of women um, either in domestic violence situations, or you know they've come here with um, husbands um, on their visas, and you know issues arise that you yeah. know they can't get the support that they need. So yeah, lots of a variety of different charities that we help. So it, the basic um, thing around it is you know if everyone puts in a little, then it adds up to a lot, and we can help more more charities. And it's not just one hundred women. So it's actually men and women that are involved in this. Um, but it started off I think from a um, an idea um, from Alicia Curtis, who said, you know, if 100 women give, say, a yeah, $1,000, then, you know, what can we do with that? And um, it's just growing from there. So we've currently got about 300 members on board. Fantastic.
0: And it's obviously supporting such a cross-section, you know, yeah. many different causes. That's brilliant. And that obviously pays pays it forward as you as you talked about the giving back angle as well so
1: yeah and I think it also lets you see you know there's so many amazing people out there doing lots of volunteer work that you don't always hear about um you know and it's all this additional things that they do on top of their their normal day job if be like yeah of course and in, in terms of I guess
0: we we talked a little bit about um your career and bringing it back a little more to wood the the designing the future you know we're obviously moving forward with our strategy and what what does designing the future mean to you Gail as you're working with Wood and all your talented people around you?
1: Yeah so um, as I say I've been aware of Wood for many many years and um, I've you know worked although two years this time previously I was here um, as part of another project and I'm really excited about the new strategy and the three you know, the focus pillars that we've got inspired culture, performance, excellence, and profitable growth. And I feel that, um, in the role that or the position that I'm in. So I'm part of the leadership team here, um, at Minos and Metals. And so I am in a, a position where, you know, I can help support that strategy directly and um, with my teams, um, and my peers. And for me, it's, you know, a future where we've got a great culture, Um, we stop talking about you know, you the first woman in this role or the first woman of color in a role or you know, not being the only female in the room, which you know for many of us females we end up being the only female or the token female in the room, and you know we want lots more women in the room um as well. So, I think um it's about bringing the men on on the journey with us. Um, it's still unfortunately an issue. Um. And it's you know I think it sort of lost its momentum a wee bit during COVID, but it's definitely getting back. And and on the on the flip side, you know it's getting some of the men to take flexible work. Um, we've got you know we've got a couple of at the moment on parental leave. Um, mm-hmm. who are you know we're so excited to to go on parental leave. The wife, one person, particular's wife was going back to work. He was taking on that role for the next three months. And I was lucky enough that when I, I had my second child, my husband you know, stayed at home um, and as I say, that worked for us. It was unusual at the time, you 20, know, 25 years ago. Um, but I'm glad to see that more of it's happening. I think well COVID definitely helped with that as well. Um, letting people see, you know, flexible work can work. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's great. And talking of family, I know that um, you talked a little bit about your new grandson. So are you able to spend yes. some time
1: with him in your busy schedule how do you uh yes so I've been lucky enough that my um my manager agreed um so I've gone down to four uh four day week um so I have a Tuesday off now um and you know sort of work my hours around that and my my responsibilities um but it means that I get that quality time on a Tuesday with my grandson which is fabulous so yeah I get a bit of everything um and I think that's what you know what this sort of is about is that you know you can have that work life balance um and enjoy everything
0: that's brilliant thank you so much for joining us today gail and for sharing your story and your journey you, it's taken you across the world and your different passions <laughs> yeah. um, and thank, thank you again so thanks as well to all our listeners if you're feeling inspired why don't you head over to the remarkables page on the wood website you can find out more from all our inspiring colleagues And make sure that you subscribe to the Wood podcast as well. Thank you very much.